Another episode of Any Grammar Store Podcast. I'm your host, Braylon Williams, and I want to say thank you for joining me for another episode. But if you're new to the podcast and you have no idea what this podcast is about, well, this is a weekly podcast of where I just talk about the Enneagram, talk about what the Enneagram is and how it's going to help, how it can help us to be better people. So, um, but before we get into the show, just want to tell you about my life a little bit. Um, well, it's been a busy one. Um, at the time of this recording, my birthday is just around the corner, so I've been planning everything that I'm going to do for that. And then when um, Halloween just being the day before, um, and life is just busy. So I, I'm trying to find that mode of, you know, remaining in the productivity of life but also trying to not get overwhelmed and to also find rest um, because rest recently has been a challenge um, to come by just because this my schedule has been so um, jam-packed with events and so it's like all right how can I still rest even within the busyness of life so um, working on it uh, really need to find out an answer because oh boy and am I tired um and then also at the time that I'm recording this um to, it's the first day of registration for the E and E collective which is the Enneagram and Emotions Collective um, and if you're listening to this episode and you're uh, a fan of the Enneagram of course you are a fan because you're listening to this episode or um, if you like discussing emotions and you want to be a part of a group a community that's going to talk about both of those things how they are reflecting in our lives and how they are helping us helping us understand ourselves well you should head on over to enneagramrestore.com slash collective um, and register hopefully registration is still open uh, because once we hit our 25 people limit uh, we will close registration so hopefully by the time you hear this um there's still a spot but anyway let's just jump right into today's episode um, So today we are going to continue our series on the 27 subtypes of the Enneagram. And we're going to talk about the three subtypes of type nine. Um, 
if you're just now joining in on the conversation of subtypes and you have absolutely no knowledge or you want more knowledge about the 27 subtypes, um, you can go back to last week's episode. I briefly covered it there, the basics of the subtypes, but I did a more in-depth um, foundational course, uh, a foundational episode. Now, of course, this is in classroom, but a foundational course. I said it again, a foundational episode about the 27 subtypes um, and what subtypes are, um, season two, episode 18. I will put a link to that episode in the show notes so you can just hit that link and go directly to it on Apple Podcasts. Um, but season two, episode 18 gives a more in-depth about what the subtypes are and what they do. Um, but again, briefly just covered it last week. So you can also go back in to last week's episode and get an idea about what it is. Um, so, but with that being said, let's just jump right into it. And we're going to start off by talking about um, self-preservation nines. So self-preservation nines are SP nines. Just let me t- stop right there for a brief moment. I don't think I, I've mentioned this yet. Um, oftentimes when you, um, talking about the 27 subtypes of the Enneagram, you might see the abbreviations SP, SO, SX, and then the number. That's just telling you, all right, SP is self-preservation, SO is social, and SX is sexual are the one-to-one subtype. Uh, I don't think I've mentioned that in any episodes thus far, so I just wanted to stop and cover that real quick to make sure everybody knew, all right, this is what those abbreviations mean. So anytime you see that, just know it's talking about the 27 subtypes of the Enneagram. Um, so, but self-preservation nines are the least concerned, least feelings concerns of the nine, of the three nine subtypes. Um, they have, SP nines have a focus on peace with everyday things such as they've got to feel at peace about what they're eating, how they're sleeping, um, their producti- productivity levels, um, their schedules, their um, family life. These are the types whose focus more on the concrete needs of life rather than the abstract. What what can focus on what can be physically touched rather than what what is just here in the mental space. And within the average, average, I cannot talk today. I'm sorry, guys. Within the average range, self-preservation nines are pleasant people. They're easygoing people who, who don't ask for much of life. They prefer the simple pleasures and they are readily, that they prefer simple pleasures that are readily available. Um, this is the subtype where the idea of inactivity within a nine shows up the most. Um, the idea of slothfulness um, will be most prevail- prominent within this subtype, the self-preservation nine. Um, the idea of that, a lot of people get around the idea of a nine being quote unquote lazy, uh, which is not true, but that that idea, that sphere of looking lazy will really be seen more in self-preservation nines than any other nine subtype. Um, 
apathy and self neglect can cause a self preservation mind to have difficulty mobilizing themselves to obtain what they really want or to take care of their genuine self preservation needs. Again, this is the most prominent nine subtype that's going to look like they're being lazy, like they are sloth. Um, this. It's not that they don't have motivations, not that they don't see their needs. It's just going past what they currently have, going from maintaining to increasing is a big step. It kind of scares the idea of peace in their life. So to go from, all right, everything is peaceful, peaceful, so I can just maintain this lifestyle. I can maintain this level of productivity. I can maintain this level of eating. I can maintain this schedule of sleep, this schedule of busyness. To increase or to decrease those would seem to disrupt the idea of peace that all nines have. And so for a self-preservation nine to preserve themselves, to keep at peace mainly, they're, they're going to become a little bit more lazy than other two nine subtypes. But in the far unhealthy range of health for a self-preservation nine, they fall into deep apathy about their lives and they can become very fatigued and when they become very unhealthy that's when they really and truly become ineffective so anything average to healthy for a self-preservation nine it's going to look lazy but it's not really lazy they just need to find ways to mobilize themselves in that aspect of life but for an unhealthy self-preservation nine that idea of lazy is actually laziness um, and so they've got to find a way to get out of that funk of laziness to get back to that all right i may not mobilize myself on everything but i can do this now i can do that later um, and then it's just this i for self-preservation nine it's going to be this idea of finding a pattern pattern that works a pattern of productivity a pattern of effectiveness that works a pattern of increasing life needs that works a pattern that of increasing the ability to be a part of different things that works because again like i said any increase any and any decrease in life is going to look like it's going to disturb that idea of peace for a self-preservation nine and we know for nines overall peace is their thing they like peace. They like to know that everything is going to be living in harmony. So if life is just maintaining itself, if they're maintaining life at this constant steady speed, that's peace. So to speed that up or to decrease that speed is going to take away or take away at that, at that peace, that idea of peace. And so it's just finding ways to maintain that constant speed, to maintain that pace while increasing, to maintain that pace of life while decreasing that. So that way you maintain while you increase, you maintain while you decrease, and you still have your peace throughout the increase or the decrease. It's all about finding that pattern for a self-preservation night.
I am so grateful for everyone's support. Without you guys, this podcast would not be possible. But if you're not already subscribed to Enneagram Restored Podcast, don't forget to follow and subscribe Enneagram Restored Podcast to be notified of each new episode that is released. The next subtype of a nine that I want to talk about is the social nine. Now, the social nine is also the counter type. Um, now, I'll, I'll talk about why they are the counter type in a second, but let's just start off with the basicness of a social nine. So, social nine people are fun loving, they are sociable people, they are very easy to get along with, and they prioritize the needs of a group above their own needs. Social nines are lazy in connecting with their inner self, but very active in connecting and becoming a part of a of the different groups within their lives. And that's part of the reason why they are the counter type, because for uh, a nine, their passion is peace. Their passion is just maintaining life, being connected with who they already know and not really increasing connectedness. Um, they can know a lot of people, but if their connection with, um, say, a friend is, all right, we text about every two or three days, we meet up for lunch every other week, they're going to maintain that relationship for, for basically any nine. But for a social nine, they're, they're going to try to become more a part of that. And so they might say, hey, I know we do this, all right, but um, can we... Instead of just going out for lunch every other week, how about we go out to lunch for every week? They're they're going they're increasing that, and so that that's that's just a little bit part of the puzzle that uh, piece of the puzzle of why social nines are the counter type because they don't mind disrupting the peace a little bit. Um, they 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 will disrupt the peace to become more part of what is happening to become more part of the group, um, which is not typical for the other two subtypes of nine and so that's why they are the counter type because they go they go against that passion of peace they go against that um idea of all right let's maintain life where it is as far as health range levels go for social nines within the average range they are Again, most interested in bringing people together and in making peace. They like to be involved with others, to be a part of what whatever is going on. But they also resist against having too many expectations placed on them. So, you're going to say, I'm here for you. I, I want to be a part of this group. I want to be a part of this and that. But... In my opinion, social nines are probably the healthiest in building boundaries for the three nine subtypes because they're going to say, I want to be involved. I want to be part of everything. I want to be this, but not if it costs me this. I want to be a part of the youth group. I want to be a part of the family night, um, but not if it's going to cause me to lose a hobby that I like to do on that, typically on those same nights that this event is being held. 
So that's why, in my opinion, it, again, I may be wrong. Again, this is just my opinion. Social nines, they are the healthiest of the nine types in building boundaries. I would say most of the time they're going to be very explicit about stating those boundaries, but I'm really going to say it's, it's about a 50-50 chance of where a social nine will say will actually state their boundaries or whether they will, will try to imply them. Um, not really saying them, but hopefully just hoping that you pick up on this idea, oh, here's a boundary for me. So I'm going to say it's about 50-50, but um, again, that's just my opinion. That's not even in my notes. I, I just took that out the air. I, that's that's free. Feel free to take it. Um, but um, in general, social nines have a great amount of energy and like they like to stay active. Uh, but again, they like to have those defined, familiar structures. How can I be active but still have it's kind of like saying, how can I be active but still have my me time? How can I be active but still have time with my family that I don't want to give up? How can I be active but still be engaged fully with my uh, hobby of being a guitarist, of being a flautist, of being a clarinetist, of being a drummer? It's like I, I did. How can I increase activity but also maintain my boundaries? And although social nines have a lot of energy um, and they like to be involved, they can, these are the nines that are most likely going to be physically engaged, physically present, but very emotionally and mentally disengaged. And so as we go down further into the levels of health for a social nine, and go into the unhealthy range, social nines become resigned and depressed about their lack of development. They're not going, life is not going at the speed that they wanted to go. Life is not developing how they wanted to go. Life is not growing how they thought it would. Causing depression, causing a resignation um, uh, to come over them again, It, it for self-preservation nines, finding that pattern was very crucial. But I would say also finding a pattern that works to build that development would work very great for an unhealthy social nine. And honestly, I think that's what that's what the enneagram as a whole is about. Is Understanding, all right, this is what this might look like. Now, let's find a pattern to get out of that. Or let's find a pattern to get into that healthy behavior. That's what the, that's why I say is the Enneagram is not going to say, all right, this is who you are. Excuse me for a minute. I'm going off tangent. The Enneagram isn't about saying this is who you are. This is how you are defined. But this is aspects of this type of person who you closely relate to the most. Here's some healthy aspects. Here's some unhealthy aspects. If you have 
if you are matching the unhealthy aspects, let's find a pattern to get you out of that and into the healthy aspects. Or if you're just neutral, let, let's find a pattern that gets you into the healthy aspects. That's what the Enneagram is all about. It's about finding the patterns that help you become a better person. It's about recognizing the patterns that are unhealthy and taking those patterns into healthy patterns. It's about recognizing the neutral patterns and say, I really never thought about this. I never really thought that I didn't have an opinion. I didn't have a action behind this. I, I just never really thought that this about this thing. So I've just really kind of been in the middle here. But now, now that I recognize this, let, let, let me take this into a healthy recognition and say, all right, I recognize this. Let's be more active about it. For me, that thing was being present. It really wasn't. It was being present for me. Was it's kind of like a twofold thing. It was sometimes it was just neutral. Sometimes you know, it was just a thought that just never came to my mind. But most of the time, it was, was the idea I'm too engaged in the future. In the future, or I, I'm too much in the past because things didn't go right. I'm trying to figure out how can I take what happened in the past and not have it happen again in the future. I, I was never. I was future or past thinking about the future. So for me, it was like, all right, presentness as a future thinking eight. Here we go. Let's take that into a healthy manner. Let's practice presentness and being engaged in the current moments of life. I saw those unhealthy patterns, but understanding and learning the Enneagram. And it's like, all right, here we go. Here we go. Let's use the Enneagram to help me get to this healthy pattern of being present, of remaining present. I know unhealthy traits of myself that caused me to be in the future. I know unhealthy traits about myself that caused me to stay in the past. Let's disengage those <laughs> and let's take those. Let's, let's say, all right, here we are in the present, healthily engaging with friends, family, colleagues, professors, strangers, that's what the Enneagram is about. It's, about. it's about recognizing our current patterns, seeing if they're healthy, unhealthy, or neutral, and then taking them all healthy. That's what it's about. Anyway, that's my little tangent, but that's also everything that I want to talk about about the social nines today. So we'll just move on to talk about um, the last type, uh, subtype of the nines, and that is the sexual nines, or you may also hear it as the one-to-one -one nine. Listen, y'all, I'm so excited. I have been fortunate enough to sit down and have a conversation with Krista Harding from Enneagram and Marriage Podcast, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear the episode I did with her. I mean, she dropped so many goat nuggets of knowledge. And plus, I, I had a fun time talking with her. I mean, this is an episode of two very high energy types. Krista, who was a type seven, and then me, who was an eight with the wing seven. So when she brought her seven energy, I tapped into my seven wing energy. And we had an absolute blast talking to each other. And you're not going to miss that, miss that episode, which is episode four. And guess what, guys? It is next week. So... Don't miss it. Um, and I'm telling you, you're going to want to go ahead and get your notebook and a pen on standby 
because you're going to want to take notes from the moment you hit play. It's just that great of an episode. All right, so the last of the three subtypes of a type nine is the sexual nine. Or again, it might be referenced to um, as the one-to-one nine anywhere else. I am always going to um, say sexual um, nine or sexual one or sexual two um, because I like to keep that continuity of the S words. You know, you got social, you got sexual, you got self-preservation. I like to keep that continuity. So I will always refer to it as a sexual um, type, but you also may hear it as a one-to-one type. You just know that if you ever hear that, we're talking about the sexual uh, type, subtype. All right. So the passion of a sexual nine is expressed through their emergence with the important people in their lives. So the more intimate connections, parents, siblings, grandparents, um, spouses. Sexual nines will often, if not always, unconsciously take on attitudes, attitudes, opinions, and feelings of their intimate relationships because it, it can feel too hard for them to stand on their own opinions, their own feelings, their own attitudes. Um, so they'll, they'll kind of mold with that intimate connection. Again, that could be a parent, that could be a sibling, that could be a spouse, a girlfriend, a boyfriend. That could be anyone who they consider to be an intimate connection. So in the average range, though, of health for a sexual nine, they, they want to take home the energetic qualities of the other person. So if, let's just say, their spouse is a seven, their, their spouse is a social seven, um, and they are a sexual nine, that sexual nine it's really going to follow after that social seven because, you know, sevens in general are energetic people. They are adventurous people, but social sevens are really energetic, very <laughs> adventurous people. So I lost my train of thought, so I'm trying to figure it out. Um, I, I can't pick up that thought press that thought that I lost, so I'll just move on. Um, so sexual nines again were taking on that more energetic qualities of their person. Um, they also often gravitate toward having a relationship with the more aggressive type. So eights, ones, um, and gosh, what's the other aggressive type? I have completely forgot the aggressive types of the Enneagram. 
kind of sad, especially since I do this podcast and I'm an Enneagram enthusiast. Well, you get the idea. You get the picture. They they, they gravitate towards having the more relationship the relationships with the more more aggressive types, the ones who are going to be like, yes, let's do this, and not the ones who are like, I don't know, let's hold back on that until we figure out. You, you, you get what I'm saying. You feel what I'm putting down? You feel what I'm putting down? A sexual nine's anger can be easily aroused if they feel that their intimate connection with others is threatened. So if a sexual nine feels jealous, point here quick, as somebody who's also not only Enneagram enthusiast, but emotions enthusiast, um, there is a difference between jealousy and envy. Envy is saying, hey, I want what you have. As far as like things, relationships, um, but jealousy is, I have this relationship, somebody else is coming in, and now they're taking my spot in this relationship idea. It's not, I want your relationship, it's you're tearing apart my relationship with this person. So jealousy and envy are two different things, a very nuanced difference, but it's, it's two different things. Um, and so if a sexual nines feel jealousy, their anger will increase. It, it, it will become astronomically bigger. They, you will see them go from that peaceful person to, oh, I've got to do anything and everything to stop this from happening. Because again, not only are they experiencing jealousy, but you're taking away their peace, which is a big thing for nines in general. And so they can't maintain this relationship. They can't maintain this lifestyle with somebody else who's coming in and just roundhousing everything up. So, got to use my anger to keep my peace. Sexual nines also often idolize their partner not wanting to see their flaws, their mistakes. So you're okay. But that does not mean, all right, I have a partner who's a sexual nine. I can take advantage of this, that email. They don't really see flaws and mistakes in their partners. No, that means uh, don't allow them to. And further down in the healthy levels into the unhealthy range for asexual nine, um, they become very highly dissociated and depressed and seem to lack a core self. Again, finding a pattern, a pattern that says here is my core self will be very helpful for an unhealthy sexual nine. Unhealthy nines are unable to merge adequately with others, so they feel lost. Um, fantasies of their partner, fantasies of what life for them looks like, 
and what life with them looks like mixed with fantasies of anger and vengeance. But they rarely act on their vengeance. They rarely act on their anger in this aspect of life. Sexual nines are probably the most dependent of the three nine subtypes. Um, again, it goes back to this idea of merging with somebody, taking on that person's qualities, taking on that person's attitudes and opinions. So um, they can um, develop this unhealthy thing of codependency a lot of times, um, being very dependent upon their partner. So um, that, that that's, again, something that you got to find the pattern of why am I a good question to ask to if, if you kind of notice yourself if you're a sexual nine if you, you kind of notice yourself um, becoming very dependent upon a person you can ask is this the first time this is happening oh this is not the first time that I've become dependent upon a person because of their opinions of their attitude when else has this happened in my life oh it happened last year okay so maybe there's a time factor of different relationships happening and ending maybe there's a seasonal factor oh what is the what's the main pattern and then what's the patterns around that main pattern and how can i get out of that unhealthy pattern and establish a healthy pattern that's what it's all about Well, that is everything that I have for this week's episode of Any Grammar Store Podcast. Um, again, thank you for listening. Um, there is one more thing. This is more of a technical thing about the podcast um, that I want to mention before we go. And start that thing is starting next week. I am changing the way that I edit the audio for the podcast. So it's it's going to sound a little, a little bit different. Um, uh, how and the layout of the episode is going to sound a little bit different. So um, that's going to start next week. Um, but speaking of next week, I cannot wait for you guys to hear the episode next week. Because it is a conversation that I had with... Krista Harding, who is the creator and host of the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast, and it was a fun time. I have been dying to release this episode ever since I recorded it. Like, Braylon, you, you said you were going to release it next season, so release it next season. I had to constantly remind myself, it can wait. Maybe waiting is the best timing. It's so hard. I want you guys to hear it because it is so beneficial with what she said in there. Um, I mean, so we talk about marriage, um, about in that in that conversation. So it's mainly about marriage, but the thing is, is it has she has so much good advice for all stages of the relationship. 
Um, so you're not going to miss it. Uh, as a matter of fact, right now, I- I'm going to encourage you to, if you don't have a pen and a journal or in your home or a way to take notes on your phone or anything, you better find a way to take notes because you're going to want to have that note-taking utility buy you the entire episode next week because there is so many goat nuggets that she drops in that episode and you're not going to want to miss a thing honestly it is not really it's going to become less of taking notes and more of just you transcribing the entire episode because she says so many good things and so uh, you're not going to want to you're going to be like all right there's that idea all right i see that i see that Um, so don't miss it i'm so excited for you guys to hear it Uh, it's going to be great also, don't forget to follow and subscribe to any Grammar Store podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Instagram. And be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you like this podcast. Because when you do that, you help other people discover this podcast as well. Because it tells Apple, hey, people like this podcast. Other people need to hear about it. So if you like it, leave rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can do it on Spotify too. Or on Google Podcasts, you can rate and review us anywhere. Um it will help us out a lot all right so i will greatly appreciate you for doing that um so it's that time i've been saying this at the ending of every episode since the very first episode back in march of 2021 and it's going to continue to the day this so very last episode of this podcast i want you to remember that the enneagram doesn't define you but it does bring restoration. It helps reshape your thinking and habits.